I know, I know, I know I owe you guys some episodes, okay? Y'all know I was hospitalized and then I had to spend a week recovering and all that kind of stuff. I'm better now, I'm back, I'm black, and that's a fact, okay? I'm well aware I owe y'all some low-key episodes. Don't worry, I kind of condensed it down into this episode. I'm gonna talk about episodes three through five, just kind of the high points and what I pulled from it that's the most important to help us go into this finale. But besides that, I talk about a lot of these Marvel rumors that are out there, that damn Variety article that shook the world last week. I talk about the Echo trailer that dropped that I absolutely loved. And I talk about the Marvel's first reactions. If you're listening to this the day this comes out, then the Marvel's will be in theaters tonight. The low-key finale is tonight. We got some content to consume, okay? Before you consume that content, drop down to the bottom of your screen or the top if you're on Spotify and leave me a five-star rating and review. You know, I love those. It's your new episode of Reality and Comics 2. Let's do it! That's right, you're listening to Reality and Comics 2, the podcast that discusses all things scripted and unscripted TV and film. I'm Kendrick, but most of you know me as your mama's favorite black geek. You want some hot takes about the Real Housewives or Love Island, or maybe you want some hilarious insight on the Marvel Cinematic Universe or HBO's White Lotus or Euphoria. Well, you're in the right place. Grab a cocktail, sit back, and prepare to cuss and fuss right along with me. Listen, I did not have it in me to do any kind of other content last week. I put out an episode and I had to relax last week. It was my week of PTO. You know, I was in the hospital before that for about a week and a half. And then I took me an extra week off to actually get my energy back and do my appointments, my follow-ups, all that kind of stuff. But I still put out my Monday episodes for y'all. I still gave y'all content. But now, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, It's the day, two big monumentous occasions, okay? We have the Loki season two finale, and they said that finale is everything, and I'm very excited for it. I want to see how Kang does his thing or whoever does their thing, and it's the finale. And then we've got the Marvels. The Marvels finally drops in theaters, and yes, I am going to see it today. My plan is to, you know, after I get off work, you know, I'm going to, you know, around the house, and then I'm going to go see the Marvels. The Marvels! Right there at, um, well, I'm going to see it a little early, early evening, not late evening like I normally do. Because then I'm going to come back, watch the Loki finale, and then consume all content about all things, okay? I'm just, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. You know, I'm, I'm happy to get all of this, and I'm just, I'm joyous right now, okay? Let me tell you something. I'm feeling much better uh, about things than I was last week because... There were so many Marvel rumors last week that I was so annoyed, uninterested, uninfused. I was just a lot of things, okay? I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. Let, why don't we just, we'll start off with the bad first and then we'll go into the other things, okay? Because I want to talk to y'all about that Echo trailer and then I want to talk to y'all about the Marvel's first reactions and then I'll kind of... I'm going to hit the high points. Not I'm not going to do like the standard kind of recapping that I normally do, like the really in-depth recapping 
of uh, episodes three through five of Loki. You know, I, child, I was I was downtrodden. I wasn't able to do them, child. I was in the hospital. I couldn't record from there. Okay, so um, I'm gonna talk about episodes three through five, like the high points. I'm gonna hit them, hit them, skip them, bit them, and then um, that'll be the episode. Okay, but first I want to kick off with that Variety article. Okay, oh boy, that Variety article that just broke the internet last week. The internet was a broken, and they talked about a couple of things. I'm going to talk about three, well, I think two of them come from that article, but then I'm going to talk about one other thing that's been confirmed, which I think is a good thing. I think I'm very, I think I'm very happy with this decision. Now, I could not be for a couple of reasons, but I'm not going to touch on them, but I think I'm happy about it. Let's start with the first one. So the first kind of pull from the article was, Marvel Studios was considering pivoting away from Kang and towards Dr. Doom as the MCU's major villain amid Jonathan Major's ongoing assault case. Look, oh, I am, uh, this kind of distraughts me. I understand it, but it kind of distraughts me because I love the story that they're telling with the multiverse. I love Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror. Now, if he's found guilty, then off with his head, get him the fuck out of here. If he's found innocent, then I don't know what they could do legally to, like, go against him. So, I, I think in that case, they would keep him. But let me tell you the thing that really chaps my ass about this story. I hate that if they really... So, all this came from, like, Marvel did this, like... You know, they do their, like, yearly retreat where they get together and, you know, I think it's Disney Plus and they, uh, all the executives and they talk about pretty much just kiss each other's ass and tap each other on the booty cheeks, them, uh, <laughs> them frail white booty cheeks, <laughs> old ass booty cheeks, and they slapping them on their hat, you know, slapping five and, and, uh, tussie rolling and all kind of stuff. But this year they talked about how like, you know, it's kind of like, okay, we don't know how things are going to go. We weren't expecting quantum media to perform the way it did. They were thinking about pivoting away from Kang because the movie didn't do as well. But shit, if you ask anybody, Jonathan Majors and Michelle Pfeiffer were the best things about that movie. So it'll be hard to, you know, that can't be the reason. Now saying it made, you know, uh, a little less than what, 500 million half of no half of a billion at the box office i know you know with marvel that's kind of a they consider that a failure you know a lot of the outlets and stuff but um if you know if they still haven't made their money back then okay i get it i get what you're trying to say but i don't know i hate that they're talking about like one of the rumors was that they were like considering half assing this and then just pivoting to dr doom like no if you're gonna do dr doom do him from the beginning uh, wait till, you know, after all of this, after Kang Dynasty, after whatever, and then, you know, go that route. But just half-ass and Dr. Doom, like one of the greatest characters of all time, and just throwing him in at the last minute, that's a stupid-ass idea. If anything, which I'm not 100% on board with this either, but if anything, we're telling a multiversal story. Get another fucking actor to play Kang the Conqueror. Not that hard, people. Not that hard. It's not... It, listen, if, if y'all need me to come to the next conference, I'll do it, okay? We, listen, I can tell y'all three actors right now... Child, let me try to think. <laughs> three actors right now 
that could potentially replace Jonathan Majors. Now, I wouldn't be okay. Obviously, Jonathan Majors has been amazing as Kang and all of his variants, He Who Remains, Victor Timely, all of them. But if we just needed to, one, I would offer the first role to John David Washington. He would be an amazing Kang. He might he would do what the fuck he needed to do. Travante Rhodes, he would be a good one. Uh, who else? I think some other people, okay? But there would be some good ones, all right? So... Don't go that route. Don't pivot to Dr. Doom. That's stupid. I think that y'all have waited this long. And if you continue, I mean, if you like try to be hasty now with trying to make a decision before the court case pans out, I think that's kind of stupid because you've waited this entire time. Now, uh, I don't know. It, it, it seems dumb to me. You might as well keep playing the waiting game because if you weren't going to do the waiting game, then you should have just fired me immediately. Like, stop being stupid. I don't know. Anyway. Next article or next piece of this big variety piece was Marvel reportedly considering new Avengers movie with the original cast. Hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. Never hated anything more. That is so stupid. Okay, I know you might, it might be multiversal versions of these characters coming in. Okay, fine, whatever. Yay, congrats, blah. No, hate this idea. One, we aren't that far removed from fucking Endgame. Like, it hadn't been that long. Like, calm down. Like, they've only been, what, Endgame was 2018? Yeah, 2018, which is wild. But 2018, uh, Iron Man's dead. Captain America, child, who knows where the hell he at with his old, decrepit, tales of the crypt-looking ass, his Joe Biden-looking ass. We don't know where he at, Okay. Uh, Black Widow, dead. Hawkeye, on a farm. Like, uh, uh, Hulk, he around. Okay, he can stay. Thor, he kind of around too, so that's fine. But like, no, just, you don't need to do that. If anything, if you want to do an Avengers movie, um, before all that, get those three, Thor, Hawkeye, uh, and Hulk, and then put some of our new people that we love in there. Like, stop it. There are a tons of characters that you've built that have major fan bases that can do this. Where the fuck is Shang-Chi? I love me some Shang-Chi more than I love anybody. Like, give me Shang-Chi all day long. And y'all taking too damn long to bring him back. I don't like that. Don't piss me off now. I don't like that. Bring back Shang-Chi. Bring Kamala Khan in there. Uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, She-Hulk. Put her in there in the place to be. Bring Wanda Maximoff back. Uh, 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 Black Captain America. Uh, Winter Soldier. Put him in there somewhere. Uh, Loki, throw him in there now that he trying to be good and stuff. You can do a lot of things. Like, let's not, uh, let's not do this, okay? This was probably the rumor that upset me the most. Like, you are so worried about the financial aspect of everything that you're going to completely ruin the stories that you told and going to pander so hard and bring back these characters and you know who they be pandering to. Quit playing with me, okay? Oh, hate this idea. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Don't love it. The next one, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I think I'm on board with because I love the movie. They said that Marvel Studios has reportedly hired Logan writer, uh, Michael Green, to make a new script for Blade. Now, y'all know Blade has been going through it, okay? They have been trying to make this movie for so long and it just not, it just won't get made. I don't know what's happening, but 
everything at every turn. Like Mahershala's hated a lot of the scripts. They said that he, uh, in an article, that he reportedly was going to walk away at one point because he hated the scripts. They were going to make him like a fifth lead in the movie, which was wild and crazy. Like, I don't know what y'all are talking about. That was stupid. Uh, but they got Logan, right? So Logan... You know how y'all know how I feel about them constantly basing everything related to the X-Men around um, Hugh Jackman. I kind of hate, well, not necessarily Hugh Jackman, but um, but like Wolverine's character. Because, you know, I love me some X-Men. There are so many that I wanted their fo story to be focused on. We just did not get that with the Fox verse. So that's fine. It's, it's whatever it is, what it is. But I love Logan. Like, Logan holds up every single time you watch it. So, and I think the budgets, see, this is the thing. The budget for Blade, ooh, what is it? Yeah, they said something in the article about the budget has dropped. And I think Logan was made for around that amount, too. So, I'm here for that. I think I'm here for it. Now, do, am I a little nervous about, no, you know what? You know what? I'm okay with it. I'm not even going to bring that up. I'm okay with it. I'm really okay with this because I love Logan. I, every time I watch it, such a great movie. Uh, I'm okay with it. How do y'all feel about that? Let me know. Give me a five-star rating and review or go to Spotify, the Q&A section. Let me know what you think about Michael Green writing a script for Blade. I think I'm okay with that. I'm not mad at that. That's that's cool with me. Um... It was a lot of stuff. I, I can't even begin to think of half of the other stuff that happened last week. Those are just three of them that I pulled that I remembered that really kind of spoke to me in a way. But something else that spoke to me last week was that Echo trailer. Did y'all see the Echo trailer? First of all, okay, Marvel has this thing now. They announced something called Marvel Spotlight, where it's going to be, you know, we have Marvel's present, uh, what, special presentations, but now they have Marvel Spotlight where they're going to tell individual, like, character-driven stories that have nothing to do with the greater MCU pictures. These is just, like, so Echo is going to be their first, like, Marvel Spotlight story where it doesn't connect anything, but it's just a great kind of, uh, you know, a great, a great way to just, like, take some great Marvel Comics characters and tell a great story. So I'm here for it. I, I like that idea where it doesn't connect. I mean, I think the connections are, you know, the best, you know, the thing that people love the most about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But I also think that if you just give us a great story, we'll freaking love that too. So that Echo trailer, this is going to be their first, Disney Plus's first TVMA show love that love that and they were like you know what y'all might not believe us we'll watch this trailer that damn kingpin whooped the shit out of some man the man that was uh he had the ice cream the ice cream we'll called an ice cream man okay and i'm not talking about young jeezy okay <laughs> or jay jensen J jesserson whatever the hell he want to be called now jeezy please i'm not calling you that especially you better get back with jeannie mind and figure out what the hell y'all doing because i'm not calling you no new names anyway um, he was beating up the ice cream man and blood was going everywhere. You know, Marvel is kind of, they're a little particular about blood now, but they was whooping that ass. The blood was going everywhere. It was, it was a good time. Echo, I mean, the tra everything about the trailer looked great. It looked like it was some authentic, like, you know, look, every time a major studio, anybody, especially like when it's like based in science fiction and stuff, you know, these studios 
when it comes to telling like stories about uh, indigenous people and you know they get kind of you know we don't we don't know what we go get okay we kind of hold our breath like oh girl wait a minute what this is what is this what is this but they did a good job they from what i've been hearing and from what i see like on screen it looks like they did a great job of representing uh the culture well so we'll see now i can't i don't want to speak too much on it because we ain't seen it yet it drops early january so i might take that day off okay might take that day off and uh, uh, uh you know take a little time off and see and binge me some echo to fuck that'd be a good one um i'm excited about that have y'all seen the echo trailer are y'all excited about it i'm excited for you know we had a daredevil cameo in the trailer uh Ilakwa cox is whooping ass and taking names in the trailer kingpin is all over the trailer and i think it was a smart idea i'll tell you why i hated it and i loved it it was a smart idea to base it mostly around kingpin because he's the character everyone's familiar with we all watched daredevil on netflix three seasons amazing show bring back wilson bethel because my man thank you to my man you know bring back wilson bethel let him uh you know zooity zoo he was amazing i'll bring him back on the show but that probably won't happen anyway um but Basing it on him, giving us a little glimpse of Daredevil. Smartest thing to do to get people that are hell-bent on hating this show to get them, you know, to where they watch it at night when their friends ain't around because they're too embarrassed to say they watched it. Sucker assholes. But I also hate that it wasn't more her-focused, which I guess would be difficult to do like you didn't need someone to narrate it because she is deaf she speaks using sign language so unless she, they were gonna like which i would actually you know they dropped multiple trailers i like to see one where she's the focus and she just tells a story with subtitles that we have to read like that'd be good so do something like that i want to see that in the second trailer okay don't uh constantly dangle wilson fisk and then you know all these rabbit assholes on the internet got something to say but anyway echo I dig. I dig. That trailer was so much better than I expected it to be. And I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know how to handle my emotions. I'm excited for it. So much good content. I'm, I'm just I'm just excited, okay? I'm excited about a lot of things coming up. I think 2024 is going to be a good year for Marvel. And I'm excited about it. Let's talk about some of these, the Marvel's first reactions. I don't know what to think of the Marvels. I I literally thought that like the Rotten Tomato score was going to be out of this world because every single like outlet that I follow had nothing but positive things to say. Like they said the ensemble shined, like Kamala Khan was the best thing about the movie. She was amazing. It was a fun movie that like everybody expected to flop, but was actually such a great time. Like they were saying such good things. But then it got 53% on Rotten Tomatoes, which... Honestly, stuff like IMBD, Rotten Tomatoes, a child, the audience score is what matters. Now, are you going to get a lot of white men on the internet going to uh, run to all these things so they can review bomb a movie that has three female leads? Absolutely. We can expect that, but it doesn't matter. All that matters is how we think about it. I'm going to report back. I'll try to do a bonus episode, maybe this weekend, talking about 
the final episode of Loki and talking about my reaction to the Marvels. I'm probably going to see the Marvels twice this weekend. I like to MCU movies that I enjoy. I usually see them twice opening weekend. So I'll probably go and see it. I'm going to see it for sure Thursday night. And then if I have some time, maybe my cousin wants to go, then I'll take her. Y'all know my first time I like to really kind of go alone. I don't want nobody asking me no questions. Don't bother me. Bitch, we'll fucking around and fight. Okay. I don't want none of that for us. Hate that for you. Um, I just want, you know, a good time. I'm excited for it. It's three of my favorite characters in the MCU. So, I mean, and then we got Nick Fury. We got uh, Darben coming in, Loki wife. That's going to be a big night for that household. You got the Loki finale tomorrow, uh, well, tonight. And then we got uh, his wife, Za Austin. Za Austin? Za Ashton? To somebody child y'all know who i'm talking about she's the lead villain in the marvel so it'll be a good time and we finally get incursions we getting some multiversal stuff because the sky's ripping open in the trailer they dropped that new trailer it was bomb it was good i liked it it was fine best trailer of them all hands down and they've been teasing a big reveal that changes everything i think the mutants are coming y'all okay i don't know what's gonna happen i'm excited to see it I don't know what it is. I'm dodging spoilers like crazy because something ha something from the Marvels has leaked online and I'm trying my absolute hardest to avoid it. I will be so pissed off if I fuck around and see this reveal before I go to the movies tonight, if you listen to this day it comes out, to see this movie. I won't know what to do. My ticket is already bought. I won't know how to handle it. I'm going to find whoever posted it and that's that ass okay i'm not gonna give you too much shine no we're not gonna talk about you too much because you're just trying to ruin our day and ruin our time and get people not to go see the movie you ugly bastard anyway i'm excited for that let's talk about loki now look y'all know loki i was in the hospital for uh i got to see the first two episodes then uh i think the day before episode three came out is when i went to the hospital Came out just in time for when episode four was about to come out. So literally a week and a day later. Um, so then I watched both of those episodes late that Thursday night. Had a great time doing them. Uh, the beginning of the season, I, I really liked episode one. Episode two, yeah, it was it was all right. It was good. Like, I, you know, I liked it. But ever since episode three, it has skyrocketed for me. I loved episode three, episode four, episode five, and I'm sure I'm going to love this finale. So I'm having a much better time this season of Loki than I did season one, okay? If you're new to the podcast, go back and listen to my Loki episodes. I released them recently. Um, I mean, it gets better on rewatches, but go back. Uh, you know, I, I dropped the originals in the show notes of the uh, rewatch episodes that I did recently, go back and listen to them. You'll know that season one was not my favorite of Disney plus shows, but you know, it, it did, you know, accomplish what it needs to do. Okay. It set up our villain. Uh, we're looking at Loki a different way. You know, it did the things that it needed to do. Okay. Um, let's talk about the episodes. I'm going to kind of talk about them high level. Like I said, I just took notes on the biggest things. These are kind of my ramblings, my musings, my, chicken wings if you will and i just want to kind of talk about them i loved episode three of the first four episodes 
Episode three was easily my favorite. I loved getting more Renslayer, more Victor slash Kang the Conqueror slash He Who Remains, okay? I've told y'all, I think I told y'all maybe on the episode two recap, I was like, look, I want more Ravana because I want to see where the hell she gone. I want more Kang because he are big bad. I want to see what the hell he doing. More Victor Timely, more all of that, okay? So I was I was having a good time this episode. It was a great setup. They going in the past, trying to find them, going to the World Fair and, uh, uh, what was it in Ohio? I think it was in Ohio. Okay, went to the World Fair. Uh, it, it, just the premise of the episode was amazing, and we got a lot of missed minutes. And yeah, I I, I dig. Uh, it seems like Ravana and Miss Minutes created Kang, or at least Miss Minutes, like you know, because she's an evil motherfucker. She had Ravana bring that TVA manual and drop it like into the window where the little black boy, oh, he was doing his science experiments, little smart self. So the implication, I guess, is that all of this is a loop, of course, like I keep saying, and this is all supposed to happen. And then dropping his book off created the Kang that we know. Now, was this Kang initially? I don't know. I don't know. Was that Victor Timely or was that, uh, 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 you know, dude or, you know, who, who was it? We don't know, but all we know is giving him this book, set him on the path that he went on and he, it created the person that we know. Okay. Uh, we finally got a hit on that Ravana Tempad. Okay. That led them to the world fair in Chicago on that branch timeline. Now, the important thing to note is that every time we go somewhere this season, it's telling us whether the timeline is branched or whether the timeline is on the sacred timeline. It seems like everywhere we're going now, though, is branched because the damn temporal loom is just all over the damn place. So it's just uh, branch out the branch out the branch and ain't nowhere real no more. So I'm glad they found ass. Victor Timely's performance on stage everything okay his big stuttering ass but I, I enjoyed it okay not the mcu actually acknowledging racism in this episode talking about some boy when he was on stage i said oh i know you like it caught me off guard a little bit but i said you know what do it kevin feige okay if you need to bring a little racism into it go ahead kevin okay you've been sitting on that shit for a long time but i ain't gonna say nothing he was ready to do this shit but this is Loki's, remember, this is Loki's first time actually seeing Kang since Kill the Kill, bruh, bruh, at the end of time. And so he is scared, boy, he's scared. But Victor Timely ain't shit to be scared of with his big goofy ass, big stuttering, uh, slipping ass. But he's just as smart, so don't count him out. The whole point of all of this is actually to get Kang or a Kang variant back to the TVA to use his temporal aura. Remember, that's what Mobius needs to like reset all this stuff to help fix it, uh, the temporal loom and all that kind of stuff. So they need that aura to get everything crackalating like we saw in episode two. So that's why they need this victor. So it's not all bad. Um, Miss Minutes. Miss Minutes is a hot pocket, a little thought rocket, a thought bucket. I don't know what Miss Minutes is, but she nasty, okay? She spent about 10 minutes trying to show Kang the Conqueror that she can throw that ass in a circle if he just gave her a body. And you know what? I believe you, sis. Miss Minutes then made a fan out of me from being super evil to being super horny. Like, what more could you want in a, <laughs> in a character, especially a cartoon character, okay? I was good with it. I was here for it. I liked it. So I want to see more Miss Minutes. We're going to talk about how they reset her ass in this uh, episode four. But 
I need more Miss Minutes. I hope we haven't gotten the end of her. I'm wondering if her and Ravana are variants of each other because, you know, she had that whole thing about make me a real girl. You should have made me a real girl. And I'm wondering if Ravana was the girl he made for him. But we also saw that Ravana was on the main timeline last season. She was a school principal or a teacher or something like that. So, you know, we'll, we just be guessing. Child, we be guessing about everything now. Guessing who a variant of who and where they at and all the kind of shit, child. That's all we can do until we know how this shit ends, okay? Sylvie was determined to kill Big Dick Vic, a.k.a. Victor Timely. But she let him go because he wasn't as evil as he who remains. But she did punt Ravana's ass into the Citadel at the end of time like a football. But that's where she kind of fucked up because she let Miss Minutes loose again. And she said she got a secret for Ravana that's revealed in episode four. Episode four, the secret is revealed that Miss Minutes showed Ravana like some footage of her and Kang at the end of time. And Ravana had just played an instrumental role in the ending of the multiversal war. When she wanted to share that power, he called Miss Menace and had all of their memories erased. So now Ravana, like, you know what? Fuck Kang. I don't mess with him no way. He don't like me. I don't like him. It is what it is, okay? Victor arrived in the TVA, and it turns out that him and OB are actually big fans of each other, and both of their work influenced the other. That's kind of important to know, too. We don't know what role, you know, people have theorized. Is OB evil? Is he good? We don't really know, okay? He kind of seemed like he helped create the TVA. We know he helped create that Tempad, because I'm going to talk about that in episode five. But I don't know. We 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 go figure it out, okay? OB and Casey explain that they need something to help fix the temporal loom. And Victor, of course, just had the little device to help. It looks like a little... It's small, but it looks like his... um. If you saw Quantumania, like the ship that him and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, what's Michelle Pfeiffer's name? <laughs> well, I can't remember her name in the movie, but Michelle Pfeiffer, the, the the ship that they fixed, it looks like that. And you know, when she touched it, she saw all the stuff that he had did. So I'm sure that is what helped. So that's, he showed his invention, okay? The one that he had in episode three. B-15 has been tasked with getting Docs, who we met in episode one, that was the one that was fucking shit up in episode two by pruning all them branches. She was dropping the bomb, you know, opening up those uh, time doors and opening up, dropping the bombs and all that kind of stuff with all those other Minutemen, okay? Um, she has to get her on the good side. That doesn't work out, though, because Ravana and Miss Menace show up and they kill everybody except Brad, a.k.a. what's his name? X-25, X-5, whatever. Um, because they don't want to be a part of their evil plan. So they all actually have a conscience. They choose not to do it. Miss Menace is watching them die with just the gleefulest look on her face. Brad don't know what to do. He turned around. He, he, you know, he was just in the box not too long ago. So he understand. Okay. Ravana even cringing a little bit. It was good stuff. Look, Ravana might wind up being the big bad. Okay. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm kind of here for it. Uh, this episode actually closes out. Or it closes a few of the loose ends that we had open up. Remember in episode one when uh, Loki had gotten pruned from behind and we didn't know who did it. And uh, it helped like complete Obi's mission and stop that time slipping because then he was like out there by the temporal loom and then boom, he shot on that runway and he hit Mobius and they both went into the thing. Yeah, it was like that. 
Well, just like we all predicted, it was current Loki that ended up pruning him. He had saw him. He was like, oh, shit, this is my chance. He needs to go. And so he pruned him right then and there. And the person that was calling on the phone, because remember, there was a phone ringing the whole time in episode one. The person on the phone was actually OB asking them, okay, bitch, like, what you doing, ho? Like, can you hear it the fuck up? So there was a lot of loose ends from episode one. I actually thought we got to wait till, like, episode six to get these reveals. So I'm glad they did because after seeing how the season went, I think by episode four, we had all predicted how it was going to go anyway. So no need to drag that shit on. Um, Another thing to note is that Ravana gets pruned. Now, where she wind up, will we see her again? I don't know. I just know that Loki enchanted Brad, a.k.a. X5, and he made him prune her. I, I don't know where she'll be. I'm hoping she pops up and plays a role in the finale. I would love to see it, okay? So, we'll see about that. They get Victor uh, from them because they, they had, like, taken Victor. And uh, they get him and... They take him where OB and others are, and Victor puts on that shit from head to toe, and he heads out to the temporal loom because he volunteers to be the one to fix it. And as soon as he walks out that damn dope, chicken parmesan, okay? That boy turned into spaghetti. It Listen, that episode was probably one of the biggest cliffhangers that I remember, at least in re, like recent history. That was a cliffhanger, okay, because the the lights were flashing, the episode blacked out for a minute, then the credits started playing, like, that was a good-ass cliffhanger, okay? And then we get to episode five, which ends up being probably my favorite episode thus far. Biggest thing to note to start off the episode five is that Loki is, again, time-slipping. The fail-safe kicked in. We saw the message on the screen, I think, somewhere in episode four, it's episode three, episode four. So uh, Loki is still there, but it looks like the fail safe was like to send all of the variants, AKA the people who worked in the TVA back to their original timelines. So kind of let's, let's talk about these original timelines and like what they were. So first we see Casey, who was one of the three men, like this is an accurate story too. One of the three men to ever escape Alcatraz. See the one, I, one of the things I really love about Loki is that they constantly, are uh, doing this thing with characters where they're based on real life figures in history. So remember that scene in season one, I think it was the premiere episode where we found out that Loki was actually D.B. Cooper, that guy who like hijacked the plane and was supposed to, uh, you know, he had a supposed bomb, but he ended up disappearing with like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, I like that. So they keeping that theme going. So I, I don't know if any of this go like, you know, come back into effect or what, but I, I do like that uh, kind of reoccurring theme. Uh, Hunter B-15, we see her. I couldn't make out her name tag, but we see her and uh, she's actually a doctor. She's in a doctor's office uh, taking care of a little girl that fell out of a tree because she's climbing trees. You know, she's signing her cast. She sees Loki and all like that. But the most important thing about this scene, she's in the year 2012 in New York City, where we know as Marvel fans, that is where the Battle of New York took place, when and where the Battle of New York took place, where Loki, to be exact, attacked New York, okay? So this has got to mean something. I don't know what, but it seems very particular. I'm wondering if this is going to come into effect in the finale, the finale, but I couldn't know for sure. There's no way of me knowing. 
that but as a that can't be a coincidence like as a marvel fan that's got to mean something we all know certain things that's one of the things 2012 new york city that's the attack on new york by loki and the black order okay so i i don't know what's going on but uh we gotta you know i'll be looking with a, a sharp tooth cone i hope we get you know what I really hope the Loki finale has some kind of post credit scene, and I hope it's all Kang-related and just dangerous and evil, or it's something to do with that, because I'm curious. I know something's going on, and I need to know it, goddammit. Mobius is a jet ski salesman on a branch timeline in 2022, important to remember, in Cleveland, Ohio. This is important because, remember, Endgame came out in 2018, and then, of course, in the movie, we jumped five years ahead, 2023. That means that if, if, because I don't know for sure, but if the events of Endgame happen on this timeline, half the population is blipped. Now, this is interesting because when we see Mobius' home life, like later on in the episode on this timeline, he's a single dad. He said, my wife left, which I think is safe to assume that she blipped. She was Thanos snapped, okay? That was interesting to me. I also saw another interesting theory online. Like, that was my own theory, but my I saw one that I thought was actually really interesting, and it was that Mobius, it was the scene with him and his two kids. Um, The page What Now Nerds, I followed them, and I love their content. They said that they think that Mobius is an Odin variant because he has, these are the reasons they listed off. He has two sons. The younger one is chaotic, and the older one is responsible. One of them had a green bike and the other one red. Oldest son loves snakes. Now remember, we know Thor loves snakes because of the story he told in Thor Ragnarok about when him and Loki were kids. And then, you know, he gave him a snake and then, ah, I'm Loki. You know, he popped out. You know, you know the story he told. And then he lost his wife. So a lot of that parallels what Odin has gone through. Because, you know, uh, you know, Frigga, obviously dead as hell. Uh, Odin, two sons. The colors make sense. Green, red, all of that. So it makes sense. Oldest son loves snakes. Thor, obviously, does. So it, it makes sense. So I kind of love that theory. And if that sh ends up shaking out, I don't know if it'll shake out in the finale, but if it shakes out in the future, in another movie, in another season, you know, I'd, I'd be interested to see that because... That's a good theory. I kind of love that. I've this whole time been focused on OB and uh, the other Kang variants and all that kind of stuff that I didn't even think about Odin. That's a really good theory. OB, Ouroboros, Wendell, let me stop, <laughs> is an author and a theoretical physicist. Shout out to the Big Bang Theory, okay? He's the only one who seems to like have had the same skills that he does now. So obviously he was like meant to help build a TVA. I really think that Obi is going to play a big part in this finale. The thing is, I don't know what to expect from the finale. I don't know exactly what our end game is, what we're trying to do. We're just trying to get the loom fixed or what it is, but I don't know. I just know Kang better play a big part in it, okay? Obi plays a big role in this episode, too, because Loki, once he time slips to his timeline, because that's the way he see, we're seeing uh, what all these people are. He's time slipping everywhere, like to their locations, their spot in time, all this kind of stuff. And so uh, he gives OB a TVA handbook. Remember, OB's the one that wrote it. So, you know, it, it kind of helps him out and all them kind of things. But he's able to create a temp pad within 18 months. He said 19 because he had to divorce his wife and, you know, lose his job and all that kind of stuff. But he did it. So shout out to OB. Fuck love. Don't nobody want love. No way. Loki, 
once Mobius created, uh, I'm sorry, once OB created the first ever Tempad, uh, assembled the crew, but then only Sylvie was left to go get. This is when we see that Loki really has changed because when Sylvie asked him, like, why are you doing all this? He says, I want my friends back. Oh, love that. This becomes more relevant at the end of the episode, though, when we see how it actually helps him learn how to control that time slipping. The last little piece of this episode uh, where everyone and everything is turning into spaghetti noodles, just like Victor Timely did. Okay, this is when Loki's emotions get the better of him and he's able to um, control time. Uh, I don't know. Control the time slipping, I guess, is the, the better way to say it. But, like, he's reversing the effects of everything because he's kind of, now he's getting a handle on it. So now everybody isn't spaghetti noodles. They're more like chicken carbonara, okay? They're, they're themselves, all right? Loki said it's not about when, when or where. It's about who. Full circle moment, okay? That's that whole, I just wanted my friends back thing. When he figures this out, he says he can rewrite the story and child, he puts them right back in the TVA. I'm assuming this is the moment right before the temporal loom blue, but we won't know that until the finale. Y'all, I am excited about this finale. I'm excited about the Marvels. I can't wait to check back in with y'all and kind of tell y'all what I thought about it, what I thought about the Loki finale. Don't worry, you'll hear from me very soon, y'all. Y'all, I'm Kendrick, and I'll see ya. Oh, wow. You sat through that entire episode? Well, aren't you special? You deserve a treat. Why don't you head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave me a five-star rating and review for free. Need to contact me? Email me at realitycomics2 at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and up-to-date information about the podcast at realitycomics2. That's T-O-O. Reality and Comics 2 is a Cloud 10 and iHeartMedia podcast. This is Kendrick, and I'll see you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.